Hello again from Paul. And from Rachel. And uh, it is December the 6th and we're here again with uh, Here Comes Christmas. So December the 6th then, what is significant about that? Well, it's the second Sunday in Advent. So you think, how does that work out if we started doing our Advent podcasts and Advent calendars start on December the 1st. How come this is the second Sunday when it's the first Sunday in December? It just means we were late as usual. Well, it just depends which day of the week Christmas Day falls on. You need four Sundays in Advent. So sometimes Advent Sunday, as it's called, will happen in November. And it happened this time on November the 29th. Can I just say something about a rather wonderful carol service that takes place? You can. Okay. So most people know about King's College, Cambridge, as being the home of the nine lessons and carols. But St John's College, which is just up the road, have the first carol service. And that always takes place on Advent Sunday and is broadcast on Radio 3. So if you go to your BBC Sounds app, you will be able to catch hold of this lovely carol service. And it is always quite beautiful. And they also do the last carol service, which they do well into Epiphany. Don't know how the Sunday's for, but sort of around the 18th, 19th of January. Okay, good stuff. Mm. So what's in today's programme? Well, I was just thinking, Paul, that life is pretty wonderful, isn't it? I like to think so. And whatever is thrown at us during the course of this year, I think it's still good to remain as positive as we possibly can. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. We mention that because the first song that we're going to play today is called... It's called A Wonder of Miracles. And it was actually the opening song to uh, a musical that we wrote some years ago for a school in Cambridgeshire. And it was all about the life of St Nicholas, wasn't it? It was. And... I must say, Paul was particularly inspired when he wrote these words to this little song. And <laughs> I, I am always aware that each day that we're here um, is wonderful. And we'll discuss it more after we hear. Every day is a wonder of miracles. And this is our little son, Joe, singing it at the age of nine years old. Special. 
Okay, I'm glad you liked my lyrics in that one. I have to say that I am more a believer in the the wonders of physics than miracles. But nevertheless, I, I think it's fair to say that life is a bit of a miracle. Life is a complete miracle. And also physics is a complete miracle. I mean, you've only got to listen to Brian Cox saying how everything is just beyond the powers of comprehension of us mere mortals. Fair enough. So it's... Going back to everyday, I thought you were going to say the melody is rather beautiful as well. Oh, yes, the melody is rather uh, beautiful I, as well. <laughs> I thought that was very well woven It, together, it was a team I effort, <laughs> I have to say. Okay. So it was all about St. Nicholas, our play, wasn't it? It was, yes, yes. So St. Nicholas, it was, of course, um, Nicholas, Bishop of Myra, who was a fourth century bishop in um, what is now in Turkey, where mm. Myra was. Myra is uh, another name for myrrh. So he, he was a bit Christmassy even then. Yeah, very Christmassy. And he performed close to miracles. Well, allegedly, say. yeah. Mm. I mean, one of his big stories was that he, he saved um, three girls from being sold into prostitution by providing diaries of gold for them. And each night for three nights in a row, he tossed a bag of gold through the window of their house uh, so that their father could uh, use this gold as a diary. But But the interesting thing was, days gone by, everyone always used to wash their stockings out at night and hang them on the fireplace to dry. And each one of these little bags of gold landed in each of the girls' stockings. I heard it was a shoe, but never that. Footwear of some kind. No, it was definitely stocking, which is why we have stockings hung up by the fireplace now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Santa Claus, it's a bit of a long, long story, which maybe we'll go into another time, but he was certainly yes. a part of its origin. We have a whole musical about it, so we can... <laughs> Did you so, know that go on. St. Nicholas, uh, it was a busy guy in many ways, mm. and he's become famous for all kinds of things down the centuries, not just for the origins of Santa Claus. Not only was he patron saint of children. He was also patron saint of (laughs) sailors, uh, of merchants, archers, uh, repentant thieves, prostitutes, um, brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people and students. Well, that covers quite a broad range. Yeah, he was um, multifunctional in many ways. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Okay, that was a bit of history for today. Yes. Splendid. So, tell us a little bit about John Betjeman. Can we link this in to our poem that we've got today? John Betjeman. Uh, the only fact I know, apart from the fact that he was Poet Laureate, of course, from mm. 1974, I think, right until the, the time he died. Uh, very kind of popular poet. And he was a big um, champion of the Victorians. He was a, a founder of the Victorian Society. And... Uh, if it were not for him and uh, his fellows, uh, St. Pancras Station probably would not be around today because there were uh, plans to demolish it and uh, John Betjeman got on the act to make sure that it was saved for posterity and for the the Eurostar, of course. Yeah, I mean, it was a horrible railway station, wasn't it? And then they did all this work on it and now it's the best, isn't mm. it? Good stuff. Really good. Yes. So let's hear his beautiful poem, Christmas, and it's read by Sue Edney. Christmas by John Betjeman. The bells of waiting Advent ring. 
The tortoise stove is lit again, and lamp oil light across the night has caught the streaks of winter rain in many a stained glass window sheen, from crimson lake to hooker's green. The holly in the windy hedge and round the manor house the yew will soon be stripped to deck the ledge, the altar, fond and arch and pew so that the villagers can say the church looks nice on Christmas Day. Provincial public houses blaze and corporation tramcars clang. On lighted tenements I gaze where paper decorations hang And bunting in the red town hall Says Merry Christmas to you all And London shops on Christmas Eve Are strung with silver bells and flowers As hurrying clerks the city leave To pigeon-haunted classic towers And marbled clouds go scudding by The many steeples London sky And girls in slacks remember Dad and oafish louts remember mum, and sleepless children's hearts are glad, and Christmas morning bells say come, even to shining ones who dwell safe in the Dorchester Hotel. And is it true, and is it true this most tremendous tale of all, seen in a stained glass window's hue, a baby in an ox's stall? The maker of the stars and sea become a child on earth for me. And is it true? For if it is, no loving fingers tying strings around those tissued fripperies, the sweet and silly Christmas things, bath salts and inexpensive scent, and hideous ties so kindly knit. No love that in a family dwells, no caroling in frosty air, nor all the steeple-shaking bells can with this single truth compare, that God was man in Palestine and lives today in bread and wine. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you your baby boy would save our sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you delivered will soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby
That's a very lovely song, Rachel. It's beautiful, isn't it? I love it. And it feels as if it's been around forever. But I think we came across it, first of all, I don't know, perhaps 15 years ago. And I was thinking I'd missed out on it all my life. But in reality, the music wasn't written till 1991. So it's it's relatively modern for us, isn't it? Who wrote it? Um, a chap called Mark Lowry wrote the words in 1984, and then Buddy Green wrote the music in 1991. Good old Mark and Buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Good names. Um, and lots of people have recorded it since then. There's a very beautiful version by uh, Pentatonics. If, yeah. if you don't know Pentatonics, look them up on Spotify. They are just beautiful, fantastic a cappella singers. Yeah, it's definitely the the best recording. We're going to have a subtle change of subject here to the Methodist Homes Association. So the MHA has 60 care homes in this country. Um, so it's a huge provider for services for the elderly. And their whole ethos is to keep the elderly as young as possible, which is something we're sort of gradually, <laughs> no, rapidly facing, isn't it? <laughs> By the minute, yeah. Oh, dear. So they go from retirement living, which is just accommodation, really, to care for the dementia. Okay. And they do lunches, they do Zumba classes, they do music, they do all sorts of things to keep us young and fit and healthy in our heads and in our bodies. I'll drink to that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so my lovely niece, Lucy, is head of fundraising for them, for the whole country. And we asked her what their initiative is for Christmas this year. Every year at MHA, we have been doing something called the Christmas Friendship Appeal, which is an opportunity for people to show friendship to people in, in care homes and in the community who are often feeling um, quite lonely and potentially isolated at this time of year if they don't have uh, loved ones and friends and family close by who can come and spend time with them. What we do is we ask people to send a Christmas card um, to them addressed to a dear friend and it, it comes into MHA and we send it out to one of our care homes for a resident to enjoy. Unfortunately this year with everything that's going on it's not really been possible to do it um, by post but what we're doing instead is asking people to send a digital Christmas card to, to MHA for us to pass on. The, the deadline for doing it is about around the 10th of December um, and we're asking people to take a photo of themselves holding a Christmas card or a Christmas photo or a Christmas message, uh, go onto our website and, and send it off and, and it will be used, um, either printed out and shared or, um, or used on, on digital screens to show people around the homes that everyone is thinking of them this Christmas. Many thanks to Lucy for that little insight into how we can help lots of elderly people in care homes this Christmas without an awful lot of effort. If you'd like to learn more about the Methodist Homes Association, you can find it at their website on mha.org.uk. And they're always looking for volunteers, for helpers, um, people who can add a little bit of cheer 
in the care homes. Great. Now, each day so far, we have heard from the Reverend Simon Lewis, who has been taking us through the Christian story of Christmas and helping us to think about it in more depth. So now here's Simon again with his next instalment of The Nativity. On this sixth day of Advent, we hear chapter 1, verse 37. Finally, Gabriel said to Mary, For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary probably was thinking, If Elizabeth, who had been called barren, could bear a child, then I can too, even though I can be sure that what I've been told is going to happen. Here's my take. Why on earth not? Gabriel's parting words ring with the reassurance nothing will be impossible with God. A barren woman bearing a child, a virgin conceiving a child, two sacred events, two miraculous events, two ordinary events. God enters into human history as a child Leap ahead 33 years, from a tomb can come resurrection and the Holy Spirit can empower the church for its worldwide mission to tell this story and live this story as we are doing in this calendar. The promise Gabriel gives is a promise in the future tense. With God, nothing will be impossible. That is what Christians have faith in, that promise. Thank you to Simon. I know how much people are enjoying Simon's contributions. Now, do you think, Paul, we should finish with a joke? Have you got anything up your sleeve? I thought I'd got something uh, educational for you. Okay. Um, So what is the difference between the ordinary alphabet And the Christmas alphabet. Well, I don't know. I would have thought it would have had the same letters. So you tell me, what is the difference? No, it doesn't. See, the Christmas alphabet has no L. (laughs) Oh, no, no, we're good. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Thanks for putting up with the dreadful jokes and I hope you enjoy the music. Bye for now. Take care. Bye bye.